This is it. The putt to win the tournament. If you sink it, the championship is yours. But on your backswing, your hat falls over your eyes. Is this how you're running your business? Poor visibility because you're still relying on spreadsheets and outdated finance software? To see the full picture, you need to upgrade to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system to power your growth. With visibility and control of your financials, inventory, HR, planning, budget, and more, NetSuite is everything you need to grow, all in one place. With NetSuite, you can automate your processes and close your books in no time while staying well ahead of your competition. 93% of surveyed businesses increased their visibility and control after upgrading to NetSuite. Over 27,000 businesses already use NetSuite. And right now, through the end of the year, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind financing program to those ready to upgrade at NetSuite.com slash C-Suite. Head to NetSuite.com slash C-Suite for special end-of-year financing on the number one financial system for growing businesses. NetSuite.com slash C-Suite. Welcome to Just Ask George, the world's first info-packed reality show about business planning, strategy, and financing. Featuring America's leading finance expert, George Lovato, Jr. I'm David Wolf from Small Biz America. Hey, George, great to be back with you. Hey, thanks for having me on again. This is always a, a fun time, David. Absolutely. Well, today, George, we've got Jerry Wolford and Paul Ritchie, an amazing model. The company is Ego Vehicles. Welcome, gentlemen. Good morning. Good morning. Great to have you with us. So, folks, here's how the program works. George will begin uh, by learning everything he can about this business, Ego Vehicles, from Jerry and Paul. Uh, the vision, the market space, the business model, the business plan, history, and so forth and so on. From there, we'll get into an engaging discussion about the strategy. There'll be some prescriptions made by George Lovato. I may chime in here or there. Then after that session, uh, our guests, Jerry and Paul, will leave the program, and George and I will enter the situation room where we'll do kind of a debriefing on the strategy around all of this. And so with that, let's get started, please. Gentlemen, again, thank you for taking time out of your busy schedules to carve some early morning hours for us here and uh, go through uh, your business, your business model, and your need for continued financing. I'll throw this out to both of you, gentlemen. What I'd usually like to hear is where the genesis of the business began. Where was that date and time? Uh, how has it progressed year to date or, or at this point in time? And then what do we need going forward? If a genie popped out of a bottle and granted you know, one major wish, whatever that wish is, what is it you need to propel the business from this point forward? And and I invite you to, uh, you know, just give me the where it came from, where it is, and where we go. Oh, sure. I'd love to. Paul, if you don't mind, I'd, I'd like to jump in on that one. Um, the genesis was about a year and a half ago when in Michigan uh, we were paying close to $4 a gallon. Uh, if you happen to drive a diesel, you, you cleared that $4 mark. If you uh, happen to drive a vehicle that has a premium fuel, you cleared that $4 mark. <clears throat> it, it went down for a little while, but as you know, it's, it's on its way back up. Um, so the plan basically was to convert internal combustion engines to EVs. Uh, and then it, it uh, started to evolve into that, geez, you know, EVs are green, so why not recycle the entire vehicle? 
you know, dispense with the uh, internal combustion engine components and drop in the battery electric components. Wow. That, that, that's kind of an oversimplification. But the primary focus uh, is on the commercial market. But based on product that's available and current development, uh, the plan was to convert initially uh, Porsches, which are uh, near and dear to my heart, uh, and easier to convert. Uh, and then, and that would be almost immediately, but then focus on developing uh, vehicles that can uh, can uh, fo can move into, if you will, uh, or service the commercial fleet vehicle industry. And the mm -hmm. reason being that the Porsches are not really a, a sustainable business plan on their own. The commercial market is just huge. I mean, depending on whose numbers you use, it's anywhere from 20 to 60 million commercial fleet vehicles in North America alone. And George, you'd ask, uh, you know, if a, a genie had popped out of a bottle or popped out of a bottle, what would we, you know, what would we need? What would we like to see in that genie's hand? Mm -hmm. uh, the PPM is complete. Uh, the Wall Street firm uh, completed it for us uh, about a month and a half ago. So we're out looking for around $13 million uh, in equity funding. Uh, but what would even be uh, a better scenario for us is to uh, link up with somebody that's already in the uh, the transportation business, uh, you know, for the leasing scenarios, the uh, warranty scenarios, and distribution for that matter. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, some of the, uh, if, uh, it made sense to me that uh, some of the uh, the benefits, like I said, was converting Porsches is, is quick to revenue, but not sustainable. We want to focus on the fleet markets, uh, which right. is anywhere from right. 40 to 60 million vehicles. And again, the, the initial bullet point, EVs are green, why not recycle the entire vehicles? Sure. We're not really competing with anybody right now to recycle vehicles, are we? No, that does uh, at all the of all the transactions I've looked at. Um, this concept uh, is what I would consider unique and very fresh. A couple questions. Uh, one housekeeping question: How was the the genesis or first phase of development financed? The, uh, Where did those dollars come from? One of the consultants that we're going to bring on board uh, once this thing is up and running, again, this is a startup venture, so don't let us represent it as anything other than that. But one of the consultants we're bringing on board already has the, the Porsche vehicles done. He's been building them for about seven years. He's just low-key, uh, doesn't want to build a large business. But, uh, you know, where Paul and guys like Paul and I come from is, you know, we want to productionize that, that thought process and uh, the development he's got in place. So there's existing technology, and I guess the – best way to describe it is look at it as a kit, as Ego will be acquiring kits and a consultant that uh, helps us implement those kits, like I say, virtually immediately. And then subsequent to that is when we need to put on a rather sizable engineering team uh, to focus on the, uh, the e-mobility system or the driveline system. Right. Maybe I, uh, what, the second question I have, so you are effectively the catalyst to launch the kit into the marketplace. That's where your business sits right now. The technology to make that conversion, that's essentially your strategic partner. He's the, the exactly. individual that's already been in that business. Exactly. And, and, okay, and I, I got gotcha. you. Maybe the best way now, to do this. The next question is, you're retrofitting, so I'm assuming you're popping the engine and drivetrain out, correct? Absolutely. Okay, and those are going back to whom? Uh, we call that off-ball, and there's several different markets for it. Um, depending on the vehicles you're talking about, with the Porsches, there's an aftermarket for service parts. There's many, many 
uh, websites dedicated to moving those parts. And, of course, okay. there's the junkyard network as well. I hate to use that phrase, but there is the junkyard network. So we can offload that, and that, that defrays some of our cost. Gotcha. Does the uh, owner of that newly retooled, refitted vehicle benefit from uh, that reduction? Yeah, he, or that credit he, back in in the recovery of those uh, drivetrains? Uh, oh, absolutely. They imagine okay. that uh, the vehicle has probably run its life cycle, and there may be no more use in the in the powertrain drivetrain in some applications. I I can't see applying this to a one-year-old vehicle. Probably something older than that, where that system is uh, rendered uh, through its life cycle. Okay, so this model is actually to convert the pre-owned cars and pre-owned fleet vehicles. Exactly, yes. Okay, I got gotcha. you. So converting a new car off the showroom floor, it doesn't work so well. No, well, actually, it'll, the model will service both of them. The yeah. model will okay. service both of them. All right. The, uh, but keep in mind, we the where it services us the best uh, on the used vehicles is on the on the fleet vehicle side. Again, gotcha. forty to okay. sixty million of those out there. Yeah, certainly, certainly a huge, huge marketplace. Okay, Absolutely. let's talk about a little corporate finance housekeeping matters here. So, uh, if we were to look at the balance sheet as it sits in your startup entity today, what would we show in total paid-in capital from a gap perspective? From Ego's side, uh, we've got around 20,000 invested, and that was basically for the commercial paper, the PPM, and some discovery that we we had to do. Um, on the from the consultant side, that's bringing the first, and again, I'll use the word Porsche kits. Uh, there's around between three and four hundred thousand invested there, uh, not from Ego, but from this individual that would bring these to the table for us. But that currently does not show up on the balance sheet. No, that's not on our balance sheets. Not that's yet. That's on, his, that's on his balance sheet. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. And he's not merging with you, but he's making an investment with you once you're funded. Exactly. Okay. I got you. Now, let me ask you this. Has anyone created a pre-money and post-money valuation statement for Ego. No, we haven't. Okay. Uh, so you've got twenty thousand in it. You're trying to raise thirteen million. The PPM has been on the street now as a published document for how long? I'd say it's pushing six weeks. This will probably be our sixth week. Okay. All right. Um, let's. Uh, I think I've got enough information, Dave, for me to. Uh, sort of write a couple prescriptions here. Excellent, excellent. I had one question about the, sure. the engine itself. I haven't been around this stuff at all. Perhaps some of our listeners haven't either. Uh, is it a rechargeable battery? I guess probably some version of that, right? Paul, did you want to take that one? Yeah, I can address that briefly. It, okay. it, it's a modularized battery system, so it's pure battery power, rechargeable, as you suggest, mm -hmm. driving probably through one electric motor to keep the cost down. And uh, it's essentially to apply to short uh, transit vehicles, 50-mile uh, delivery routes, 100 miles, something like that, uh, where you've got lots of uh, short-haul vehicles, maybe carrying donuts or water bottles or whatever. Mm -hmm. Gasoline, this is a great application to put an EV application into place. Okay. 
And that's different. I mean, most of what, what consumers tend to think of as hybrids. So this is distinctly different in terms of its uh, application. Absolutely. It is and, and it has a very specific application, but there are so many vehicle fleets out there only running 1,500 miles a day. It makes it a perfect match. Right. That's where the... That's where the economy of conversion, I think, impacts that fleet owner. Um, you know, he's consistently running those 1,500 miles a day. He's got 10, 15, 25 vehicles, uh, regular routes. Dave, that's where yeah. this really has a unique sort of position. In that conversion, have you received any information from your accounting firm about the available tax credits or tax benefits that the uh, purchaser of the kit would realize. Yep. Uh, Paul, if you don't mind, I'll, I'll go ahead and take that one. The, uh, our, our, our diligence has showed us that there's, there are pockets of, uh, of activity. And some of these hot pockets, are there's like three or four of them in California, where on larger vehicles, say the 20,000 GVW mm-hmm. uh, rating, these incentives between state, federal, and some carb rebates, literally instant rebates, uh, are worth up to $30,000. And our business plan doesn't call for much more than that for the conversion. So those are, those are the low-hanging fruit. Uh, right. So, you know, again, um, for strict conversions, the, the, the numbers aren't as large. But when you dig into the, our marketing plan, you'll, show, uh, you'll see that we've got some strategic partners in mind uh, who actually sell new vehicles uh, converted for the fleet industry. Perfect match. Perfect match right. for what we do. And, and that makes those low-hanging fruit and those incentives available to us. Okay. So we want to go get them right now. Right now. Uh, yeah, that's sort of where I'm headed. Okay, let's, um, let's break this down a little bit further. And I'm going to talk about the PPM last. I'm going to talk first about how we effectively create the inertia for you to move forward. If it were me, and as you know, I had I have an automotive background, and I'm involved in another automotive business now, a national franchising system similar to that of CarMax, and and I, know, I guess I know enough to be dangerous. But the issue here is that you do have some low-hanging fruit, and that is the tax credits, and it really becomes to the investment or the finance community the chicken or the egg scenario. A lot of great ideas out there, and as I've, as I've told you, gentlemen, I, you know, I've seen scores and scores of business plans, executive summaries, uh, formal uh, offering circulars uh, surrounding uh, the conversion business, uh, surrounding the hybrid business. And what I have seen in terms of what is needed is a consistent source of let's not build it and they will come. Let's show them that... Uh, we can create an advanced order system or at least create a market that indicates that the product has more than just uh, general acceptability from the concept side. So you've got these tax credits, and I happen to know a little bit more about that than I'm leading on to, but those tax credits, as they exist, can actually be monetized, and they can be integrated into a debt offering 
and in such a manner structurally that we can create a return on investment with a debt offering where those tax credits can be integrated that is very attractive to investors. That's step one. Step two is uh, looking to the industry and the supply line, the, your partners, your, the people that are supplying the products, the raw materials uh, for you to create the kits, would be the second strategic partnership and credit relationship that I would create through the use of uh, additional collateral, a credit enhancement, where we would get some specific terms uh, from that supply line by putting up either cash letters of credit, cash collateral, guarantees, so on and so forth that would be backed by that so that we can, so we're not, so essentially we're not overburdening the front end of the transaction to convert the kit. So that's step one and two. Integrate the tax credits into a debt offering. Make that bond offering very attractive. Make the suppliers your strategic partners through the use of credit enhancement. And then what I would do is I'd very specifically go to a handful of people in the automotive industry that I'm familiar with, and either one of them or maybe the whole handful write the check for maybe not 13 million but maybe for something closer to 50 million because we still have marketing distribution warehousing i mean there's just all kinds of other considerations i equate this more to and i think this model is very akin to the van conversion business you know that was a huge business in the 70s and 80s there were a lot of producers out there and they made a lot of money, but they did it primarily with new vehicles. That was their market. But it took a tremendous amount of infrastructure to create that conversion van. This is going to require a fairly significant amount, comparative to any other bricks-and-mortar kind of business you're going to start. There is going to be a significant expense. I would create a strategic partnership with someone in the automotive industry, or I would go to someone in the fleet industry and create that partnership there where they're actually funding. I would not necessarily go down the path of a PPM at this point in time only because it's, it's such early stage money. You have done a lot of work on connecting all the dots, and so the model appears to be readily launchable, if there's such a word. And so... What we have to do is take advantage of the fact that you can do this quickly, and we have to take advantage of the fact that the market is ready. And so I'd probably take a little bit different approach, because this is truly first-stage money. And a PPM in this marketplace, I would handle it entirety, entirely differently. I would pre-syndicate a PPM. I always have. That's the way I was taught by my mentors on Wall Street, it was you, you run out a red herring or a white paper, uh, you gather the interest, you get the indications, you over-syndicate it, you cut it back, and then you fund escrow and you close. You don't go, I mean, even to, in today's market, it's still not done that way. You don't take a document that's already pre-crafted and structured out to the marketplace and then try to present it essentially blindly to uh, large investors. And the reason is, is because it loses its excitement. It loses its urgency. 
And if you're running a professional offering, just the idea of having to get your money into escrow to get your piece of the American dream is really part of the psychology that's needed there. But what I would do, I, you know, there would be sort of a private offering of sorts in that bond offering, but the people that you're going to with that are going to be people very familiar with the integrated um, tax benefits that come along with this. And they're used to, to uh, writing checks for either rated and non-rated corporate bonds, and they're looking for to hang that money with a tagged interest rate for five to seven years. They, they're not looking similar to what the equity guy is looking for, and he he's wants to see something happen, at least a benchmark met in one or two. This is a much longer process. I believe it will be profitable early in its stages just because of the model that you have created, but I think that you're better served by going directly to the people within the industry that can write the checks and go to a, a familiar market for the bonds that are looking for that type of instrument. Like I said, a private placement for where you are. I was under the, you know, wrongly, uh, when you first started talking, I, I was under the impression that there was you know, a lot of big sta first stage money already put in. If that's not the case, this is the more appropriate approach and more readily acceptable for this stage of capital. A little, you know, bond debt, structured as I uh, said, and also, you know, your supply line integration, uh, making those people your partners, uh, creating terms for the supply line, and then finally um, looking toward a very large partner that can assist you in, over time, making investments in the company, loaning the company money, uh, to help advance uh, marketing and distribution. You guys tell the story very, very well, and you make it easy to understand, and those are all pluses, and those are pluses both with the investment community and also with the buying public, your potential customer. And so that's the good part of the story. But I hate to see you lose what I think is a, is a great window of opportunity, which you're standing in front of right now. So I think you probably need to, you know, get the wizard behind the uh, curtain to pull levers and push buttons a little bit quicker for you and maybe modify the approach just slightly. I know you have an investment in that PPM, but quite frankly, six weeks you're stale. And anybody with the BDs that I work with, uh, the first words out of their mouth to the guy that's dropped the PPM on their desk is, how much have you got sold? And the answer is, what's in escrow? I don't know what's in escrow, but I can't imagine it's very much, if anything at all. So what I would do is I would give this approach a makeover. I would recreate excitement. I'd take advantage of the opportunity you have, open a couple of doors very rapidly, and get some money in there so that you can take advantage of the opportunity. But it's a very unique model. I think it's well-structured. You've taken the R&D out of this. You've got a very, very capable partner that's bringing a lot to the table for you. I think it's a matter now of uh, getting the story out there, and the only way that that's going to happen is you know it just like I know it. You've got to put some fuel in the tank. No pun intended, and I'm sorry I said that now that I... No, it was a wonderful pun. <laughs> we were thinking electrons for the battery. <laughs> few more electrons than you're there. Um, my last question uh, with the last prescription is, 
I think you've assembled a sort of a semi or if not the kind of who's who in the industry. And how many other people can be brought into the board of directors of this company that would have an interest in assisting you that have been around the automotive industry? Right now, the number's around between four and five, and mm-hmm. we were we were hopeful to pick up uh, uh, what I'll call financial understanding and uh, strength from the investment side and uh, enroll them in as well. Uh, the, the people that, that I'm familiar with, the people that, uh, and Paul especially, um, are accustomed to delivering vehicles. It, it's just, we love it, it's what we do. Uh, our, our weakness, uh, yeah, it's a sickness. <laughs> but, uh, but our, uh, obviously our need, as you just pointed out, our need is uh, a better understanding of the financial community. Um, and maybe offline you can help us with that, but uh, if it's sure. on the technical side, no, I, we and listen, guys. I, you know, uh, sometimes you don't like what the doctor tells you. Uh, he tells me all the time I've got to lose weight, and I just give him a dirty look. But I think I know enough about your space, and I know enough about the finance industry that you've got a tremendous opportunity here, and you've really designed a very, very efficient model. And um, I don't think you should be quagmired in the process of trying to sell a PPM. Uh, effectively, as we say, we use the term, you know, the, the cattle's already gotten out and uh, we're, we're trying to round them up now. Well, it, it's just not the way, it's not an efficient way to raise money. It's very cost ineffective for you because you should already have the money in, in the bank. You need to get out there and do what you need to do, not be bothered by the corporate finance agenda. This is a good enough concept where I think uh, put in the right hands early on, you're going to get a lot of attention. And um, you might you might be surprised how that would work. But those are my thoughts. Those are my comments. Uh, like I said, it's a great great model. I I, I haven't seen one that's been better uh, in this space. Fabulous. Thank you very much. Fabulous. I appreciate that. Jerry and Paul, thanks so much for joining us on Just Ask George. Our guests, uh, business owners, have been founders Jerry Wolford and Paul Ritchie. Their company is Ego Vehicles, a dramatic, disruptive concept in uh, the automotive space. Uh, we'll let you guys go. George and I will now go into the Situation Room for a post-game uh, analysis. Thanks again for joining us. Thank well, you, thank you. David. Thank you for your time and insight today. Two very, very smart guys. How many times have you and I come across people with great ideas where we've gone, I don't think they're very smart. These guys are very intelligent, and, and I think that is reflected in the efficient model that they mm-hmm. designed. The, the actual technology um, they're using, the, the way of this retrofit idea, right? I know you're attracted to that, aren't you? Yeah. I, l- I just absolutely love it. I think they've got a tremendous amount of potential And I think that someone already in the automotive space, once they see what they've developed, is going to go, hey, we want to, you know, we want to take a ride on this train. Six weeks on out there with a PPM, that's just not the way it's done. I mean, you you pre-syndicate that model, you go out there with a white paper and a red herring, and uh, you get indications, uh, you have a date-specific 
uh, money has to be received in escrow mm-hmm. uh, to get people to participate. It go, you know, it goes stale after a week. Yeah, yeah. Now, is that if you don't, if you don't have it raised, you're kind of done. Yeah, no, I was just going to ask: Is that also true? You're talking about a several themes here to, to sort of reflect on the, the idea of first going to a debt offering uh, and those tax credit integrations. I mean, that, that's this is something entrepreneurs might not think of ever. Of course, in this particular case, these tax credits are available. Uh, is, is that a terribly um, complicated thing to accomplish? This tax credit integration with a debt offering? Yeah, as my father would say, leave the legal stuff to lawyers. Um, (laughs) And, you know, I would simply go in, I would call one of the securities law firms that I work with, uh, Mm -hmm. probably one in particular in this case that's very familiar with tax credits and debt offerings, and say, look, this is the structure I'm thinking of. Here's where I want to wind up with the ROI at this point, this point, this point, and then let them retrofit a document. Mm-hmm. The uh, resources that are going to in, to buy those bonds, they're going to write two and three and ten million dollar checks. Yeah, yeah. They're not going to uh, write a hundred thousand dollar check. They're going to they're going to park money for a long period of time. Yeah, you mentioned the five elements added to it. You yeah. would you can create a rated bond. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, something that uh, has a credit rating behind it, that has certain other credit enhancements that really make it strong and make for a very a relatively safe investment and a very attractive investment. And you're you're just going to touch those retirement managed retirement funds and people that buy that kind of. Uh, corporate bond. Right. You you're mentioned, gonna, yeah, there's five to seven. About 50 to 100 million of that out there, and yeah. you're probably going to run it in two parts. You're going you're gonna to run an A bond and a B bond, and once you sell out the A and you need more, you go back and you sell the B, which is essentially the same structure with the different timing differences that enters the market. This is a very sophisticated business, and it requires a sophisticated solution. The other theme, so, George, was... Uh, that's, that's, that's the way I'm looking at it. Yeah, yeah, no, I was just going to interject. The other theme that you brought up was and it comes up a lot with uh, folks that you uh, analyze around all of this, is the raise more than you think you need. Jerry and Paul came in with a $13 million number, and i got to believe that you know you, your jaw dropped when you heard that based on the, the scope of this project. Yeah, I truly believe uh, with what I know about the automotive space and what I've seen done in the van conversion business yeah. over the years and what it took to ramp up those facilities back in the 70s and 80s, mm-hmm. That thirteen million is going to get them half pregnant, and as I've stated before, you structure the financing today for the second financing you need, and that's what we have to. We this this needs a lot of electrons in the battery. Or a lot of in the <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. You're, in other words, you're always passing to the next. You're setting up your next play, as I guess to put in a sports right. analogy. Right. Yeah. And I, and I really don't want these guys to waste any more time waiting for this PPM yes. to miraculously get funded. Huh. Um, right. You know, I'll go on record today as saying that I don't think that's going to happen yeah. Yeah. anytime soon. Yeah. Meanwhile, we're holding these guys up. They've really got a very aggressive business agenda. Let's get them on that road. Let's get them traveling down that road and... and, and uh, you know, that much more closer to the success of the project, but waiting around for uh, some third party to uh, try and leave enough chum in the water with this PPM to hopefully get someone to bite at this point. It's the wrong time of year, okay? Yeah. Uh, Is there a good time of year for PPMs, just as a general idea? 
No, no. This is a good time generally for debt. People aren't looking to make equity investments this time of year. Is They're looking so mark money. Is there a good time to do equity? That was my question. Well, yeah. Yeah. There. You know. When you read in the Wall Street Journal, that's a really good question. There's more IPOs being uh, registered. Yeah. When you read that the, the consumer confidence is back, when you read that uh, business startups are on the rise, you know, everybody kind of catches that fever around that. So it's really market sensitive. Is there a specific season of the year? No, it's really, like I said, market sensitivity, news sensitive positive news sensitive that's when you want to come out with something right. but notwithstanding the fact that there's not a whole lot of good news you've got to have your click of people that write checks and you've got to say i'm in for x yeah. and i want to know how much you're in for because i think this is the next new thing i think it's the next facebook i think it's the next whatever yeah and because of their confidence in your due diligence and the fact that you've had a track record of winning in the past with these types of investment, they write checks. To go out blindly is it's futile. It's really futile. I mean, the odds of getting someone to play is yeah. very slim. Got to have your group pre-syndicated. One other theme that came up before we go today, George, uh, getting the partners, this idea of going out to your suppliers and getting them in the game early. To elaborate, if you would, a little bit on that. You know the automotive space. This might apply to a lot of different spaces. You're thinking really very early stage about going out to a partner and getting them involved as an investor in this project. Aren't yeah, you? absolutely. Let's go to these guys that are going to benefit from this model and say, look, um, we're gonna. We, we potentially can sell this many vehicles. We could buy X number of, you know, millions of dollars in your product. Why don't you guys come in? Give us some super terms. We're going to give you some equity kickers in this deal. We'll give you some security in the terms that you extend. Or, you know, if you want to give us product as part of your investment uh, in the purchase of of our stock, then let's let's work that out. I think there's a, a kaleidoscope of different approaches you can mm, take with that's powerful. my line that would really draw them in and they would recognize, they more than anybody else would recognize the opportunity. Fabulous. George, you rock. Thanks so much. Great show today. Remember, if you'd like to appear on Just Ask George, send an email to david at bhcl, David Wolf, that's W-O-L-F dot com. Send us an email. Uh, let us know you'd like to uh, participate in Just Ask George, a program like the one you've just heard as a guest entrepreneur, and you'll get a seasoned merchant banker's perspective from the one and only George Lovato, Jr. George, as always, it's, <laughs> it's been great. Always enjoy it. great. I love it. I love it. And I appreciate you. And uh, uh, this is just so much fun. I'll tell you, uh, you and I kicking it around afterwards. And uh, uh, this was a very, this was a rich, uh, a rich show uh, from a lot of perspectives. Great model, good, smart people and uh, tremendous opportunity out there. And I, I thank you for your time, Dave. Yeah, you too, George. Thanks for all you're doing. To uh, those of you listening, we'll see you next time on Just Ask George. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.